Nation, we're back and we're on track. It's Monday. Hoop Questions Monday is here. It's your host, Vince. And along for the ride is Nico Miatello. Nico, what's, what's up? Uh, not much. Just having fun watching some of this summer league basketball, getting ready for Jalen Green to take home this ring for the Rocks. Oh, yeah, that's right. Jalen Green is, is doing it real big. Real yeah, big. Is. That's the man. Nico, so today on this podcast, what we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about a little bit of the draft. We're not going to go over it with a fine tooth comb. We're going to mm-hmm. talk about free agency in the trades, who won, who lost. And that can go down to player, agent, whatever you want to go. <laughs> And then we're going to talk a little bit about Summer League, what we've seen, what we think our impressions will be, um, is some of the stuff coming to fruition. The Josh Giddy stuff is definitely coming to fruition. So we're good there. <laughs> we're good there. So we don't have to worry about that. So, Nico, I'm going to tell you yeah. about what's going on at the house first. Okay. Yeah. Get so, down to it. Um, 73 year old mom, right? Yes, sir. Uh, both of us have had addiction problems, like mm-hmm. long standing. Yeah. Both of us are sober, thank God, right? Yeah. Um, I have got to a point where I'm building a, a network. There's people underneath yeah. me, and they actually trust me, right? Definitely. Explain to me. Why there is a 13-year-old in my house that is absolutely void of any purpose whatsoever. Hey, she... I had no purpose at 13 years old either, but I... It's a hard... It's a hard line to walk, my dude. Sometimes people just grow slower than others. Mm. Well... We are going to have to pray. My mental Absolutely. has been shattered, but that means you're going to get nothing but raw, real takes today. <laughs> I'm just letting you know right now, if I get yeah. a little Kindle S. You don't got the patience for these bad GMs. <laughs> if I get a little Kindle-esque, I will, I will apologize <laughs> later, but I won't apologize now. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about the draft real quick. Okay, um, it kind of went sort of the chalk first five picks, right? Uh, well, I mean, we got the everybody kind of tripped out on the Scotty Barnes thing, but yeah, uh, I mean, those were the five guys that were going to go, whether yeah, whatever yeah. order you were I, talking about. I think uh, Scotty Barnes, like on my board, he was literally one point away from Jalen Suggs. I think they're very similar levels of prospect. And realistically, the more I thought about it, Jalen Suggs and Fred Van Vliet is not the cleanest fit offensively. So I understand why they went for a guy like Scotty, but now the clock's ticking on Siakam. And we'll talk a little bit about that later about Spicy P. Absolutely. And his uh, efforts to get out of Toronto. We'll see how that works out. Yeah. Now, the draft took a turn after five. Yes, sir, it did. Okay, so all year we heard about Jonathan Kamiga, 
Jonathan Kaminga is the fifth overall guy on the board. That's all we mm. heard from pundits and people who do this for a living. You and I had a different take on this cat. Yeah. He goes to Golden State mm-hmm. at seven. And my yes, first reaction was, I don't know if they care about like really winning right now when yep. I saw that. Yeah, that's a fair take to make unless unless there's something going on behind the scenes and Kaminga might be involved in that Siakam trade. I think that is that's a clear indicator that they're building for the future and not competing for this upcoming season. I'm not sure I love that for Steph Curry, but he did just sign one of the biggest contracts in NBA history that's going to be paying him $60 million as a 37-year-old. So maybe he's okay with it. Shouts out to our boy who got the bag, Steph Curry. <laughs> he got the bag. Oh, my God. He's, He's the only guy with I, two I, $200 million okay. contracts, bro. <laughs> as, a, as a Canadian, I I was trying to break down the Steph Curry contract to, to a few of my friends out here, and there's a lot of hockey fans. And we're out in Edmonton. Connor McDavid's the best player in the league. And... By point of comparison in salary, when he's 37 years old, Steph is going to be making five Connor McDavid's worth of salary. <laughs> Just him himself is going to make five, five. He's making 12 mil a year, and that's like huge in hockey. I'm sorry to my Canadian fans. I really am. <laughs> I'm sorry that Gary Bettman has decided that slavery is good. Yeah, in the in the National Hockey League, there's no way that Connor McDavid should be making that low amount of money. Because what is he like? Twenty four. Yeah, he's still he's still a young guy. But in hockey, they do they like will sign you to nine year deals as soon as your rookie contract's over. And folks like see that whatever it's eighty million, hundred million dollar number written down. They know it's guaranteed money, and they just take it down near every time. Oh man, that salary, also, that salary cap in the NHL is something real. Like it's it's not great. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> then they follow up. Golden State follows up, and they get. The guy Moses they took, Moody. Should have took at seven. Yeah, they get Moses Moody. Shouts out to Kendrick Perkins, who couldn't say his name whatsoever. <laughs> that was a tragedy, by the Favorite. way. That was an absolute. I felt so bad for Mike Schmitz on that coverage, trying to like talk draft with three people who had never seen any of these players play a second in their life. You can tell who went to the production meeting and who did not. Dude, that's why you got to tune into the QPPN draft coverage. That's right. You Sir. you want real like draft analysis, and you want people who are going to have hot takes and be strong to their to their points. As far as that's concerned, then you really need to go back into the archive pods and listen to the draft previews, the mock drafts. They were excellent. I like the banter back and forth. Uh, Nico. Almost lost his mind a couple times. Oh, 
I'm pretty sure I did. I I lost my I lost my brain. Definitely, I had to go take it out of my head for a few minutes to actually sit there and contemplate other stuff. But I also learned a lot on those programs. It there were takes that I I was not akin to, and I went in and watch rewatched film and moved guys up. And did all sorts of stuff. Kendall really opened my my eyes on Jalen Johnson throughout those programs for sure. Hmm. Well, we'll get to him in a second because I I got words on that. I do got words on that. But so then the draft falls. Right, we're looking yeah. at Franz Wagner at eight. Right. Mm. Okay. Um. <laughs> We you talk about Giddy at six, but we'll save him for summer league. But Giddy goes six, Kaminga goes seven, Bronze goes eight. Now we're at nine, and the Sacramento Kings are on the board. And we, we have, have friends. Fans. We have friends that are Sacramento Kings fans, so they, the they're fire. there. They're there. Yes, they sure are. The reaction for Davion Mitchell initially by our friends in Sacramento <laughs> was absolutely classic. Uh, uh, yeah, for sure. There, we lost a few people to the bottle after the pick. Uh, there was there was uh, a lot of freaking out going on, but I think. They're like you always have to do. A lot of guys have been selling themselves on the selection since then. It just it doesn't make sense <laughs> for you to be rolling out these three guards. The only argument I've heard that makes a little bit of sense with me is like you're trading away Buddy for sure, and you're playing these three guys 32 minutes, and that's all of your backcourt minutes. And or, or there's another possibility. They trade Fox. Yes, that is that is a thing again that I every time I feel like I'm bringing up Brandon Ingram trades, but I feel like Fox and Zion would be a good pairing for the same reason people thought Lonzo and Fox would be a good pairing. Just the speed overall. And Fox has a little bit more ball handling upside as well as shooting. So I think that that could be a nice fit. Is now Brandon Ingram our our new Bradley Bill? Like we are, we are efforting to get Ingram out of Nolens. Yeah, just because like I, I don't think he and Zion are the greatest fit together. I don't think Brandon's necessarily a bad player, but it's really hard to build a team that can win when you have little to no defense out of your three and four spots. How about also he still thinks he's the number one option too? That yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, so, so maybe we got to get him somewhere where he can be that number one option. Sacramento. Yeah, damn right. Sacramento. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So now the draft takes another turn at 10. Mm -hmm. Zaire Williams goes 10. Nico, where did you have him on your board? Oh, I I don't know the exact number off the top. I had him roughly 26, 27, somewhere in that range. I was not not the high guy on Zaire Williams. I didn't really see like any 
any feel for the game or like ability to play basketball at a high level. I, I know what he does and I know that sounds blasphemous to a certain extent, especially from a top 10 pick. But for him, I think it's all potential in the similar to the way Kuminga is, but Kuminga, you can at least see the freak athleticism that no one else can have. Zaire, it's, he's got a bit of athleticism, but he needs to figure a lot of it out. He is another guy who ended up in a good situation in Memphis with a good coach and some strong personalities around him. So realistically, seeing Zaire as a good player a few years from now would not shock me. So I'm, I don't want to speak too negatively on the pick, but uh, for sure I had to pick my jaw up off the floor after that one. That being said, though, there was a lot of buzz coming up to the draft that Zaire was getting looks at 8, 9, 10 throughout that range. So it it was predictable. Yes, it was predictable because you you heard the same buzz I heard, right? Yeah. But here's the thing that I am going to say about this. This might be a precursor. Hmm. If you can't trust Jaron Jackson Jr. to stay healthy, and you got what you got at the end of the year, where it's like there were games played, you saw him play, whatever the case may be. And you got Xavier Tillman, who can kind of man that spot until Zaire, you know, matures, right? Mm -hmm. Could you now package Jaron Jackson Jr. and something else to get a piece back for John Mm -hmm. Morant? Hmm. This is that was the thing that I thought I was on board with the giddy stuff at 10, right? Because somebody had told me in that organization that's what it was. I'm telling you right now, Zaire Williams was second choice. There is no question that was not the guy they wanted number one. Um he wasn't he wasn't the guy. It was giddy. Yeah. So now do you now in a sense pivot Assess your team and go. I think they, Junior is the guy to leave. I think they can maybe play together. I understand what, having that instinct, but it's going to be hard to move him for fair fair value coming off a couple of injured seasons in a row, and especially he was sold as like this rim protecting and three shooting five, and at, in the league so far he hasn't shown that rim protecting upside. So maybe maybe at the end of this year you could see something like that happen, but I think they might want to stick with him. They made the JV trade. I know they acquired Steven Adams, but Steven Adams isn't a starting player at this point. I think they made this J- Jonas Valanciunas trade with the intention of using Jaron more at the five this upcoming year and seeing if he could actually do it. So I, I think they might actually be flipping the – opposite way and just took Tillman like you said their best player was gone so they just took highest upside available on their board at that point well that is a perspective and I like it so now we're at 12 and then the San Antonio Spurs we skip 11 yeah I I mean because 11 was kind of (laughs) Like, not... Was it controversial? Nah, nah, it's fine. It really wasn't, right? No, it's fine. I'm just trying to hit these highlights that were just that intrigued the hell out of me. 
Uh, okay. We're at 12. And there are names on the board. Okay? There are names there. And I'm excited because I'm sitting there going, wait, Sanguna's on the board. Moody's on the board. There's a lot of people still left. San Antonio takes Joshua Primo from Alabama. And I'm sitting there going, wait, I heard him real late in Nico's, like, big Yeah, yeah. He was 30, 34, 35, something like that. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I know there are people who are, like, San Antonio lovers, development, development, development. I know there are people out there that trust and pop no matter what. Joshua Primo at 12, man, seemed, it just seemed like you could trade down. You could have got yeah. something else. I understand getting your guy where you, you get him. You know, you got the 12 pick. You don't want to do it. But you could have got down to 20 and took him. I don't Probably. think you had any issue getting down to 20 mm-hmm. and picking something up. So did San Antonio blow an opportunity or do they not understand the draft enough? I I think they understand the draft. They're just, for some reason in that organization, since R.C. Buford has taken over, they are opposed to making trades of any kind. And like pretty much the only one we've seen like involving the draft was the George Hill for Kawhi trade. I honestly can't think of another draft involved trade the the Spurs have made. They don't really even acquire draft picks when shipping people out. They normally trade them in exchange for other players. So I, I just think it's not part of their MO at all and they, they're unwilling to move off, which that's kind of the thing that makes you an old franchise that can't really repeat the level of consistency you've had before. Um Primo, again, like I, I know we, we talk kind of negatively about this way of thinking with the Primo pick, but I, I do trust San Antonio, especially to develop a shot with a young kid like this. He doesn't turn 19 till December. Maybe they saw something I didn't see. So I'll give them the benefit of the doubt for now because I for sure was not a fan of DeJounte Murray or Lonnie Walker really coming in. I didn't, I saw it a little bit more with Lonnie than DeJounte, but. They both like far exceeded my expectations in San Antonio to this point. So maybe they know something about guards that I don't. Okay, here's a, here's what I'll say about it. Okay, we'll we'll give San Antonio the benefit of the doubt as far as developing young players, young assets. Yes. I still think, even if you don't want to do it or is not in your DNA. You, you, at least, you move down six spots, right? You just move down a little bit. Even if you only get a second round pick, it's better than nothing. Like Primo's going to be there. <laughs> I, I can't see another team taking Primo that high. Yeah, I just it didn't make any sense to me. Now, for like my heartbreaking part of the draft. Now, by this time, I know the Lakers pick is gone. All right? I do know it's gone. But when 13th come up and my boy Chris Duarte is off the board, a little piece of me died. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. 
I was holding out hope. I was holding out hope. Yeah, you also. We were also thinking maybe the buddy trade would happen instead of the Westbrook trade, just because we were praying so hard. We'll get to that. So that could have kept the picker in. Yeah, we're we're yeah we'll get to that. So, (laughs) (laughs) but my man goes. He goes to Indiana now. Indiana has Karis LeVert. They have Malcolm Brogdon. They still have Miles Turner, and they still have the son of one of the greatest centers that has ever donned an international uniform, Arvidas Sabonis, DeMontis Sabonis. No. And then they got 35 other centers, too. Goga Batadze. Oh, my God. What, what are we doing right now? Like, we got him. We got the we got the guy from Kentucky, which was the actual Laker pick. Yeah. I'm sitting there and trying to figure out what, what we got going on. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of bigs. Yeah, for sure. Is Isaiah Jackson going to play a four position? Uh, he, I, I don't think so. I, I also like Goga better personally, so I, I'm not a hundred percent sure they made the right decision there. Um, he, overall, I think this was a move made with trading one of these centers in mind, but. Until it happens, I'm going to grade this poorly because it doesn't make sense for Indiana for me. Uh, we kind of skipped over Duarte. I think Duarte is a good fit there. He he could play alongside Brogdon, and that's a good defensive duo. You lack a little shot creation, but with guys like TJ Warren and Sabonis, assuming he sticks around, that's kind of a trade-off you can make. Um. So the Duarte pick was good. It was a little rich, especially considering his age and how far away they are from competing realistically for a championship. But I don't mind that pick. The Isaiah Jackson one, though, left a lot to be desired as far as that was concerned. Yeah, I mean, I understand that the the age thing, him, and see, here's the thing with Indiana that I'll say, right? And it's kind of like the same thing for San Antonio. It's the same thing for Charlotte. It's the same thing for... Throw any other team that you want to, Memphis would be in there. They're all in the same boat. You got to swing big on your draft board. Yeah. Now, if you're close to winning and Chris Duarte's on the board, that's the guy to get. Absolutely. But if you're not, if you're perpetually like a 7th, 8th seed playing tournament deal, I still think that you got to go for upside personally so um i was a little kind of i was a little bewildered bewildered by the actual chris Duarte deal maybe they got sniped of joshua primo and we're just like crazy for thinking he'd fall further or because i know there was a lot of teams trying to trade up yeah, a lot of teams we we skipped over eleven, but I think that book night pick right there might have had a lot to do with the Spurs and Pacers picks because him not being still on the board for those two teams, they both picked shooting guards, and book night was like I think a considerably better two guard. Yes, so, sir. So that that might have been the that might have been the reason these guys made crazy selections. I love Book Knight. I think he's I think he's going to do really well 
in the yeah. NBA. And I, I was that. I was on Desmond Bain last year, so this is kind of like my guy. I mean, yeah. I, I had two last year. I had Halliburton and I had Bain. This year, Book Knight would probably be higher for me. Who was the other guy that I was like? You you really like Duarte. I you did. really like Miles McBride. Yeah, Miles McBride. That was probably Yeah. Where? Guys. But I think Book Knight and Duarte were like my two favorite dudes. Yeah. Miles McBride, I was very excited about too. So I might have three this year. My league pass might be real busy. You know. <laughs> so were you surprised at Washington at fifteen? Like were you surprised uh, at uh, Corey Kispert? Uh yeah, I was surprised by that one, especially because they've got four similar players already on the roster with Rui, Hachimura, Danny Abdia, Davis Bertans. And then earlier in the day, they made the trade for Kyle Kuzma. Like those guys, that Spider-Man meme where everyone's pointing at each other, that's the Washington Wizards roster. Um, Unless they can figure out a move to maybe bring in a better five or a backup for Spencer Dinwiddie, Bradley Beal, like a third guard there. I kind of think that move makes no sense overall. We should get Washington, Indiana, and Sacramento in a room and say, hey, you guys figured it out. We'll be the consultants. Listen, you got guards. You got wings. Mm -hmm. You got centers. Let's all come together here. Let's (laughs) all figure this all out because this seems like a glutton everywhere. Everywhere has is a absolute glutton of just one thing. So yeah, I really have a feeling they're going to move off Rui, and he's by far the best defender of the group. So uh, like, wow. I think that'd be a bad move. I would not move off of Rui. I would and actually move high, off of like, Avdia, and I don't. And, it, and I'm still high on Avdia. I just think he needs to go to a. He would be a great spur. Yeah, yeah, I could see him being better there. I would, I was never too high on Abdia overall, but I can, I could see him in more of like an an offensive system. Even uh, Indiana wouldn't be a bad spot for him overall. Like when he has like a clear role to fill, and he's not like relied on to do any sort of creation. I could see Abdia fulfilling a role. Okay. Then we get to 16. There's a trade-up, right? There sure is. And Alperin Sangoon falls. He sure does. To the Houston Rockets. Now, day of draft, just I will will set the scene. Uh. Nico is in his afterglow. Um... I almost thought that he might have kind of turned off his mic, maybe had relations with his fiance because Jalen Green was picked. He was so excited. And then Alperin Sangoon was picked. And I thought my my man's head was literally going to come off his body. Uh, Man, I was was so damn stoked. Literally, draft day couldn't have went better for the Rockets unless they would have taken my JT Thor over Josh Christopher. But we already had Garuba, 
and Sangoon earlier in the day, so I couldn't been too disappointed with the guys we took. Um, Sangoon, I I love both what he can do, like offensively as a scorer, and I think his playmaking and shooting has a lot more upside than it's given him credit for. Defensively, he's never going to be a great player, but he did have four blocks in his first summer league game. I know he wasn't like a difference maker on that end of the floor, but he, while he did get jammed, yammed on by Mobley pretty hard, he also like pushed him out and Mobley shot something like four for 15 on the game. And a lot of those positions were against Sangoon's possessions, rather. I think overall that's, that's a really good player. And the fact that we're starting our rebuild around these two guys, I couldn't be happier. No, good deal. So the hint, we don't know about, well, we'll talk about all this stuff later, but um, <clears throat> New Orleans moves from 10 to 17. That's part of the Valachunas trade, which at first we're looking at going, this is a win, this is great, and they pick up the right guy in Trey Murphy the third. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, you got a 3D and guy, you got a 3 and D guy, you moved off some contracts. You went back seventh. This is all working out for New Orleans. This is all working out. And at this point, we still got Lonzo in the building. What have you? We're hearing murmurs that he's not going to be in the building. <laughs> Those things get louder as draft night continues. Yeah. Um. So I like Trey Murphy. I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on him because we know what he is. And if he can, can do it, it'll be great. Yeah. But I want to get down to Charlotte jumping back in and getting Kai Jones. Okay. Okay. So I like the Trey Mann pick, but I think Trey Mann, like, I think it's another, I think it's kind of a, a poor man's SGA personally. Ooh, I, I think he's a little different, but I, I get that. You know, no, I'm not talking about ball handling skills. I think SGA is a more well-rounded guy. I think this guy has like a couple skills, right? I, you know? Yeah, but I, I think Trey Mann has a step back that I'm not sure SGA will ever have. So I, I'm a little higher on his creation ability to be like, maybe not the primary scorer on your team, but if he's the secondary initiator, I think that dude can get you buckets. Oh no! I, I love. I, listen, I wanted him to get Lakers, so you know I was on. I, yeah, hey, he's six five. Shit, yeah. Let me get him. That's a point guard. I I really like where he went in this draft. I didn't love the Thunder's draft overall, but this eighteen pick was perfect. Yeah. I I just wanted to make sure I mentioned that. Oh, absolutely. But Kai Jones, he's Charlotte. looking damn good, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. I had somebody tell me, you know, hey, he's working on the shot. The three-point shot will come. All this. I was like, dude, can he Can he just be an imposing force mm-hmm. in the paint? That's all I, I – I don't care about the shot right now. Like, I ain't care. Yeah. Can he block shots? Can he get rebounds? And can he just dunk? Boy, yeah. can he dunk. <laughs> Yeah, you're not kidding. Boy, can he dunk. (laughs) 
It was crazy yesterday. Yeah, for sure. He can dunk. He needs a little more craft around the rim before he'll be like a high-level finisher on that end. But yeah, there's the building blocks for Kai Jones are incredible. He He's another guy I was high on. This was a guy I had higher than where he ended up getting picked. But yeah, that, that shooting, if that comes around, we're looking at a, a guy who could be Miles Turner plus. So... This is a damn good selection for Charlotte. They they made a lot of good moves on the night, adding Book Knight, Kai, and of course my guy JT in the second round. Oh yeah, you gotta get your JT Thor reference in. Always. Thirteenth overall, right? Yeah, damn right, he's gonna be a good player. You got to. Just... No, I just hey. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not gonna shoot you down. I'm, I come out defensive about my JT Thor takes because I gotta defend the shit online. Damn near every day of my life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, his green room appearances. I mean, literally, he walks in the door and the smell of JT Thor just permeates the room. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, that's my guy and I'm I'm going to rock with them. So now Atlanta takes Jalen Johnson with the 20th overall selection. Excellent. I could not have been happier for the young man where he went. I couldn't be happier for the Atlanta Hawks with the actual talent. And I believe that he went to the right coach because Nate McMillan is that guy. And I cannot wait for Jalen Johnson to throw a temper tantrum in front of Nate McMillan. It won't go well. Uh, he, he looked damn good in his first summer league game too. He, he showed effort defensively, which is like the biggest thing I was looking for from him. And the fact that he is already doing that in the summer league where no one is showing effort defensively, I think is a really good sign. Um, he, he's got all the talent in the world. We've broken this guy down several times. So you kind of know our opinions, but he, he could be a really damn good player if he figures it all out and getting drafted by the Hawks and like having those leaders in the locker room on top of Nate McMillan as a coach who's proven to be a good developmental guy. I think this is damn, damn near ideal for Jalen Johnson. Now I want to get to the guy that I'm going to say this as easy as I possibly can, because I think what happens is, is that we throw names out early and whatever the case may be. Keon Johnson was like, Early in the mocks was like sixth overall, sixth, seventh overall. This dude oh, yeah. went 21. Mm-hmm. This is why you got to allow the season to kind of go. Throw names out there, right? Oh, I'm interested in this kid. You know, mm-hmm. throw names, throw stats, uh, you know, keep an eye out on this guy or whatever. But this guy was mocked early. This is why you cannot take any of the early mocks seriously. Because we don't have enough film. Mm -hmm. Keon Johnson is an athlete. That is what he is. I know if he's a basketball player, but I know he's an athlete. Mm -hmm. But I like 21, fine. You want to take a shot on the athleticism? I got no problem with that. Yeah, I I totally agree. He's He's got a bit of a bag. His athleticism is de- it's top level, but it's definitely overstated. There's been some research that's gone into that 48-inch uh, vertical, and it 
looks like it's actually a lot closer to like 41, 42 inches, but there was a, me- a problem with the measurements. Um, that, like on the Clippers, I think he's damn near the perfect fit because he's not going to play a big role early. And when he comes in off the bench, he's going to be relied on to run and play transition in the second unit, which is something like he can definitely do the second he steps into the NBA. So Keon, this is the second half of this draft. There was actually a lot of really damn good fits and Keon Johnson is one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we already talked about Isaiah. We already talked about uh, Isaiah Jackson. We already talked about him, so we don't need to go over that. Garuba and Christopher at twenty three, twenty four. Now, here's the thing: mm-hmm. if you got Sangoon and you get Uzman Garuba, there you go. Yeah, that's a fit. That's a there fair course. Yeah. Ding ding. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, man. The Josh Christopher thing was like it. You couldn't go four for four, right? You just yeah, yeah. Well, he's a he's a six man. Ideally, the projection. Uh, he's the guy I'm lowest on. I think I had him closer to forty on my board. I only published the top thirty, but I I went a little bit deeper than that, and I I think he was around forty. He's a uh, a shifty dude who can create his own shot and pass a little bit, not very much, but uh, the guy has potential. He just needs to get a little bit of that Reggie Jackson out of his game where he thinks he's the best player on the floor at all times. Yes, sir. Now I'm going to ask you a philosophical question. Okay. Because we're coming up on the next pick right here. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think where the Knicks are, given what they did last year? Yes. With, with what was on the board at that present time? Why don't you take Jaden Springer? Cam Thomas, Nishan Highland, the next three picks. Yeah, <laughs> but what I'm just saying, for if you're looking at, like, it's the 25th pick, we're in New York City, we're on the – we're on the uptick and we have a chance of getting somebody who's I think other than uh who's the who's the youngest kid in the draft this year? Who's the youngest kid? Primo. 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 I think, think Jaden Springer is like right there too. That dude's young. Like I think he's like just barely turning nineteen or Yeah. He's very Springer, young. JT's in there too. Yeah. So mm. my question philosophically. Yeah. I'm not shitting on the Quentin Grimes pick, but where they are, wouldn't you have gone with the guy who had more upside, especially with the shooting ability? Yeah, I I know I would. I think that that maybe Tibbs was high on Quentin Grimes' defensive upside, which I think he's a complimentary defender at the best. But... I wasn't a big Quentin Grimes fan. I think you could have got the same player by trading for Jarrett Culver, who the Timberwolves are giving away. So I like it's okay. He can kind of fit in that system as a bench guard, but 
he's kind of not a one and not a two. And those combo guards are becoming out of vogue in the league at this point. I think if he came out 10 years ago, he'd be a better player, but the league's kind of passed him by. And then that leads us and we're going to go through the first round and we're done. And we're going to move on to free agency. So Mm. Bones Highland goes to Denver. We thought great pick. We liked the kid. It was great. Right. Mm. Cameron Thomas to the Brooklyn Nets. Is there a more apropos pick (laughs) for the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, I don't know. They apparently they're planning on rolling out three basketballs for every game so they can balance them all around and uh, get everyone touches because that's the only way I think it's going to work for these guys. But I, I don't hate the Cam Thomas pick. He just can't play in the league the next two years. You're putting him in the G League to figure this stuff out because he's not going to fit with those dudes unless he's willing to take an exclusively off-ball role and play, like, the Landry Shamit shit. And, like, seeing Cam Thomas play, he's another dude with that Reggie Jackson, never met a shot he doesn't like uh, attitude. And I think they're going to need to hone that down in Brooklyn. And then they got Deshaun Sharp. Well, I mean, we talked a little bit about um, Springer, so I think Philadelphia ended up real well on that one. Yeah, that was a good pick. But Deshaun Sharp, they or Dayron Sharp from UNC. Okay. Now, on the board, mm-hmm. I understand the pick in the sense of he's a big dude. Yeah. Do you think that Isaiah Todd might have been a better fit? Do you think? Uh, what do you think about? This actual pick right here. I think I I have had those two players pretty comparable. They were around the same range. And I I think they might have made the right des- decision. Because realistically, they need someone who can play a little bit more of the five. If he's going to play, which I, again, I think he might be a year or two away. But he also apparently in workouts had a three-point shot. So that bumped him up my board when I started hearing about that, that he's got more of a handle and a shot than he might have shown at school. And if he can hit some threes and play the big spot with this Brooklyn unit, you can essentially just roll that man out because they've got enough creation and enough of everything else on the floor to make up for whatever he can't do. So realistically, I think this is a good fit for Daron Sharp. I would have liked to see him somewhere where he could maybe hone his skills a little bit more and potentially be a higher score, like a better option to score. Maybe the the fourth option when he's on the floor instead of here where he's guaranteed the fifth option, no matter what he does. No, I actually, here was my only thing with it. Mm -hmm. I think they want to switch a lot, right? I think that's their deal. They're not going to be great defensively, but they want to switch. Yeah. And Isaiah Todd fits that better. Yeah. And that's, I believe that's, in the three point shot more right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, I, I could get that. I can get that. Um, last year, they were switching a lot like one through four instead of one through five, uh, except when Nick 
Claxton was in the game, like mm-hmm. when it was DeAndre or whoever, they were making sure to not switch a center. If they if they want to stick with that kind of unit, I, I like the sharp pick. But if they planned on moving more towards switching all over the floor, I think you're right that Isaiah would have been a better selection. And Nico, I'm going to tell you right now, I know for a fact that on your board, Yes, sir. Santi Aldana. No. Was not on it. He was not there. I like. What was this, dog? Like, that was a crazy pick. I like, I watched, I would say, maybe two minutes of Santi Aldana film, maybe a little bit longer. But then I was like, okay, second round pick, mid to late second round guy. Let's just move forward. And then the Jazz just made him the selection there. This is another situation kind of similar to uh, San Antonio, where I just like trust Utah with these uh, international bigs. That being said, Santi did play with Loyola the last two years. So I don't know. He averaged 20 and 10 last season. So maybe there's some potential there, but uh, (laughs) it ain't it for me. I'm, I'm trying to talk myself into it more than anything. Here's my thing with this, right? Okay, you got an older Mike Conley. Yeah. You, it looks like, I know I know publicly they're not saying it, but they're out on Jordan Clarkson. They're out, they're out on him. Oh, okay. Okay. And I know they're not saying it publicly. I know there are people in that organization that are like, nah. You got... Deuce McGride on the board at 30. Fits your system, I believe, and plays defense because he played for Bob Huggins. You can't not Did play you defense. Did chase down in the first summer league game? Dude, he come on, chased man. down the squad. I don't even remember who it was on, but it was on – I think it might have been Scotty Barnes, actually, <laughs> that he ran and swatted at the rim. That was – Damn impressive. Shout out to Deuce McBride. Yeah, that was our guy. That was our guy. Yes, sir. I just I just don't I mean, listen, they know something we don't know. Okay, you know, I'll I'll you know, we always say we defer to the talent evaluators around the league and they know what's best for their teams. But I'm starting to I'm starting to get more closer to fan and go, <laughs> you really don't know what you're doing. I'm starting to get closer to that. And maybe that's me looking at film a lot. Yeah. Me talking to other talent talent evaluators around the league and talking to you and Kendall about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really just sitting there going, first of all, I'll be the first one to say it, of like the I don't know how many prospects I went through. It had to be like six. It had to be like mid sixties somewhere. That yeah. was not one of the guys I looked at. Just to let you know, he Fair. was not one. Fair. So yeah, I I just happened to like go past him on YouTube and watch a bit of his breakdown with on my guy Hardwood Hoops page, and I I didn't see it. I'll tell you that. And then we'll give. A little love to our guy, Jerry Butler, um, who who got cleared, like, I want to say, like, a week before the draft. 
and then went on in the, in the second round as far as that's concerned. So I'm I'm real happy for him. I think yeah. he's going to be a good pro. Also, if you do like the mental trick of saying the Jazz took, let's say, Butler at 30 and Aldama at 40, like I like their drift, draft a lot better then. So I still like the two guys they got. At, I, I don't want to say I like Santi that much. But I realistically, I just think you need to switch around. They got so lucky by getting Butler at 40, it made their draft class significantly better. I was really hoping that the that the that the Lakers would buy a second round pick and that would be the guy. I was just hoping beyond hope that that was the situation. But let's get into it because it because free agency started like right after, right? Yes. And we had already heard the buzz about Russell Westbrook is a Laker. Mm-hmm. Because earlier that day, Buddy Hield, I I hit you up. I told you. That deal is done. I told you yeah. that. Yeah, you did. Then I get the then I get the text. This is going to fall apart because of a second round pick. That's why it fell apart. A second round pick has Buddy Hill still in Sacramento. Nico, I'm going to tell you right now. And this is this is exclusive stuff. The Lakers are still in on Buddy Hill. They're still in. Yeah, yeah, I I know they need to be. That realistically, I'm not sure where else he could go at this point. And with Schroeder, speaking of losers of free agency, with Schroeder still out there, uh, there's still an opportunity for it to happen. Oh, let's let's get into the Schroeder deal. Okay, we're gonna get into two two guys at the same time. We're gonna get into. Our man Dennis Schroeder, and we're also going to get into our man Reggie Jackson, all at the oh. same time. Oh yes. All right. So Dennis Schroeder said he's a starting point guard. I want to make twenty five million dollars a year. I want to make a hundred million dollars over the over the uh, the extent of that contract. Yeah. The Lakers said this is during the exit interview. Exit interview. Yeah. You go out and see what you can do. If you can get that money, go right ahead. Come back to us, though, day before the free agency. Because mm-hmm. we don't value you that way. We don't see you in that capacity. We see you as a six-man. Okay? So now we got that. That's the primer to this whole deal. Or primer, if you want to be proper. Primer. Right? <laughs> yeah. Um, Reggie Jackson also thought there was a twenty million dollar a year deal for him out there. Mm. I can tell you, there was one executive in that organization said there is no way in hell that that little bastard is getting twenty million. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I- I don't have to give up the source, but I can tell you that's exactly what the quote was. Yeah, yes, sir. So we are now still. 
Reggie got a two year deal for basically eleven million dollars, right? Is twenty two two for twenty two, right? So eleven million. Tell me that is not the proper money for Reggie Jackson. That's exactly the proper money for Reggie Jackson. And like to be honest, we talked about Schroeder as a loser in free agency because he couldn't find his money. He couldn't go out there and get what he was looking for. I think Reggie went out there and looked for his money and then still had the best fallback option like he could have gotten with the Clippers available. It was just sitting there. So why wouldn't he go look for his money? Like, I feel like that that was the best decision for him. And it still worked out. Maybe otherwise he could have gotten like a four-year, $44 million deal instead of two for 22 or whatever it was. But I I think this was best of both worlds for Reggie. Just by the way, here's where Reggie is the loser. No okay. one else saw him as a starting point guard. So I, the don't, I don't. Were the he's only not a starting team. point guard. I think he's proven that to this yeah. point in career. Yeah. You just need to realize that. Yeah. So that that's where we were with that. Then we get to our man, Dennis Schroeder, who did not call the Lakers day before free agency. He went super militant and said, I'm a starting point guard. Four years, 24, $25 million. That's what I'm worth. That's what I should get. Now, I'll put it this way. I kind of knew what the numbers were going to be for Connolly beforehand. Yeah, yes, sir. So I knew no way in hell that Schroeder was getting 25. I had, <laughs> I had every confidence in the world that mm-hmm. Schroeder was not going to get that money. Yeah. My man still doesn't have a contract. No. Still does not have a contract. He, he, I think he's looking at his offers in Shanghai, if I'm honest. His only hope now to get any money is a mm. Lakers signing trade. So yeah. you are or, now at the he, mercy of the team that you earned. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I think I think if he wants to pick up and take his game out of here to Europe or China, whatever it is, I think Schroeder could get big money because not only is he like a European athlete, but his style of play specifically in China is so much what they're looking for that they would love him out there. So unless he's going to use that leverage to get an NBA contract, I think my guy's in trouble. Yeah, he's a huge loser in this deal. Yeah, so. for for sure. He's the biggest one by far. So then so then the Lakers said we don't have enough shooting. We're going to we're going to uh sign every shooter that shot like 48% 40 40% last year known to man. Mhm. I mean, they got Monk. And everyone who was in the draft with LeBron James also. Yeah, Monk. Yeah. Kendrick Nunn. Yeah. Mellow, who shot literally the last two years, 40% and then 38 the last mm-hmm. two years in Portland. He got Kent Bazemore. And I'm sitting there, and then you get THT back. Am Trevor, I missing it? Yeah. Oh, Trevor Ariza. 
That's the one. Yeah. That's the one that just I lost my mind. I lost yeah. my mind on the Trevor Ariza deal. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this dude is so. so old. <laughs> what a man, he, the, the, he, I'm pretty sure he's a three draft class. Also, he's so, listen. I remember him playing LeBron in high school. That was like the first year when I was a kid that I was paying attention to sports at all. There was this big breakdown of the upcoming LeBron Trevor Ariza game because this was the guy who was supposed to stop LeBron. And then LeBron went for like 60 on his head. Yeah, this is (sighs) okay. First day of free agency was not great to your boy. As a Laker fan, you know how I felt. I was not I was not happy. Yes, sir. Second day felt a lot better. I was like, wait, okay, hold on. Malik Monk, Kendrick Nunn, we're good to go. I still think the Buddy Heel thing is in play. So I don't know how all that works, but we'll figure it out. It would have to involve Schroeder in some way. Yeah. I don't know what else we can give them, but whatever else we can give them, they can have it. I don't care at this point. Well, you you got two second rounders in the Westbrook trade, and you also have your twenty. We got three. We got three second rounders. Oh, you got in that three, deal. three. Okay. Well, we I ended thought- up with three in that deal because the Nets went back in, and that was the Dinwiddie thing. Oh we got yeah, that extra second rounder that way as well. So we got three in that deal. And then you have that first in twenty twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that needs to be the assets you're using to get buddy. We need to figure that out, but we'll 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 deal with that when we can. Now let's get over to probably the team that was the most frustrating to everybody in the league, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans. All right. Mm-hmm. I talked to somebody before the draft. They had aspirations of doing something really big. They were trying to get up to like number one. Yeah. I'm not going to go through the machinations of the trades that had to happen. I can just tell you that one of the trades happened, and then that was where it stopped. Okay? Mm-hmm. Um, they lose Lonzo Ball. Are we happy with anything they got back in that trade, in that deal? Uh, they... I think they got a pick in Garrett Temple. Garrett Temple is not a bad fit with Zion. You have no real wing defenders at all. So I don't hate adding Garrett Temple on a cheap contract. Okay. So. They're definitely not worth Lonzo, though. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> yeah, I'm really confused about the Lonzo deal. And if if he wanted to go there, then they needed to expose Chicago. They yeah. needed to get some stuff back, and mm-hmm. they did not. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then then the Devontae Graham signing happened. Mm-hmm. And then I, I like- had cap people tell me how it helped their cap. They got off these contracts with uh, with uh, Adams Bledsoe and, 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 and Adams, mm-hmm. and how this is going to help them in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if people realize this, but Zion is going into year what three? This is year three. three. Yep. What are we doing right now? Because that cat can't have any confidence in this yeah. organization whatsoever. 
I think they're waiting for a superstar to get on the market. I I can't see what else their plan is at this point. They're the team that's best positioned with like a young star and draft capital to go and get that guy. So I think that's the only plan they have. Uh, Devontae Graham, the contract they signed him on, I actually really like. It's below starter money. And so you could play him as a starter for now with Zion. And then if that guy comes on the market and it's a point guard like Damian Lillard or whatever it is, then you can, um, then you could just move him to the bench. You could also, he's a good enough off ball shooter that you can kind of use him. And I, I'd like to see Zion as the pick and roll roll man more often than the ball handler going forward and Devonte Graham's the kind of guy who can do that. So I like the fit overall. I do understand though that they they put themselves in a position where it do, they're not favored to be a playoff team still in Zion's third season. So they need to be moving faster and be more proactive with these moves. But I'm not sure there was really a move for them to make this offseason that would have improved them to that level unless Nico, they were going to they, they did have a move. They had a move. What, they what got the think? wrong guard from Charlotte. Hmm. Rozier? Yeah. I, I think Rozier – like I don't, I don't hate that idea, but I'm not fully convinced he does that much more – like specifically on this team, just because like the the foundations around Zion and I guess if you have Steven Adams and Rozier, that's a starting point of a defense, but that, that would be the only defenders you have. So they're not really like as good as Rozier can be defensively. I'm not convinced he improves them on that end of the floor. And then I'm a little bit higher on what Graham does offensively than Rozier. Here's my only point with that. Is that yeah. Rozier makes I think something like twenty two, twenty three million? I think somewhere in there. It's only two years left, though. Yes, yeah, right. Not an so, if they're waiting for disgruntled superstar of the day, right? Mm-hmm. And you have a guy on your books for twenty three or twenty two million. Yeah, there's your big piece to trade. Like, if you need to get like a third team involved. Yeah, where Devontae Graham is like, okay, I'm making this deal with that team, and it's only that team, and I'm not getting any other assets back except that guy. Yeah, where with Rozier, you could take his contract, and somebody is looking for a point guard. Let's say somebody got hurt or whatever. Yeah. Now maybe you're pack- packaging other first round picks around mm-hmm. whatever you're giving to disgruntled superstar of the day. That's on yeah. my only thing with this. Is yeah, I get, I get that. I get that perspective. But I think the reason I I still uh, go more with the Graham trade is because I, I don't like the fit of BI on the Pelicans. So I think I kind of want to move uh, Ingram in whatever superstar. Oh, no, we're moving Ingram in that deal. I'm saying like getting extra pieces to help that deal along. What I'm saying is salary wise Ingram makes so much money though, that I, I think you're, uh, 
you're probably okay with most people. You just got to add someone else in. And Graham might even be that piece realistically because that $10 million contract added on to what BI is making is almost enough to get damn near any contract in the league. No, Steph Curry and Kevin Durant excluded, obviously. But Mm-mm-mm. So now we'll, we'll take a tri- trip up to Chicago now. <laughs> they got Lonzo. That was good. That was good. Then they got DeMar DeRozan for $28 million a year, that was, bro. That was not so good. Considerably worse. And okay. they gave up Pat Young, and they gave up a first-round pick, and they gave up two second-round picks to way overpay DeMar DeRozan, who had no leverage. The only other he team was going got- to take... Like ten million a year. He would have taken the Reggie Jackson contract. Otherwise, that's literally what he'd be signed to right now. And this guy, his agent, Demar Derozan's agent, is far and away the best in the game right now. To get that, he's dude, a winner. That, three for eighty-five. Are you kidding? And on a like a team that has legitimate playoff aspirations. Like I'm not going to say. The Bulls are even going to win a playoff series in this era because I I don't see it right now, especially like this. They just eschewed defense altogether. They decided we're not playing defense on the court at any point. Besides Alonzo, he can guard someone, but no one else on our team is doing that shit. And like Patrick Williams, this Celtic or Chicago move has honestly like – Fried my brain. Karnasovis, I was high on that dude, but this might be the worst move we've seen in a long time. It's significantly hammers this franchise going forward. Can I teach your interest in a precursor deal for Levine getting out of town, though? Unless you're getting, like, unless you're also trading away Vooch, like, there's no player defensively good enough for it to make sense for me. Like, and Levine, I think, is your best player. So this is – and you've traded away all your draft equity. No matter what, you're fucked. Like, this is the worst general managing job. Like, I've talked poorly on David Griffin, but at least what – David Griffin has made some moves that were decent around the edges. Karnasovis has just, like – he he drove a wrecking ball into every move he had made previously with this one. Like people like the Vooch move, I wasn't crazy about I it. I was not happy with the Vooch move because I didn't think they put enough protections on the first round pick. And clearly they didn't because they've already given away one of them, and there's still another one coming. So like, man, this the Bulls were really upset with the Garpax era, and they might have downgraded that general manager, honestly. Now, here's the thing. Is this a now it doesn't it doesn't happen usually in in division, right? But there are some teams we kind of talked about before we went on the air, right? That there's some teams with some guards, there's some teams with some bigs, there's some teams with some wings. Is there a swap out there? Is there a Levine to Charlotte swap out there out there? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. The the one that m- makes most sense to me, I think, would be Indiana, because I'm not really sure Charlotte can make it work, but Indiana has those bigs. 
and has Brogdon too that they could maybe move. And if you figured out a way to, I don't know, trade, get Booch off the team and bring in Miles Turner, or I guess you could play them together because Indiana has been trying to do that with Sabonis and Turner, and it's essentially the same thing. But and yeah, you bring in Brogdon and Turner for Levine, then that team makes some semblance of sense. But otherwise, like I can't see. Can I? Can't see. Can I throw one out there that nobody's okay. talking about, but they should be talking about? Okay. Levine for Siakam. Hmm. Okay. That. They don't have the draft equity to add. Who has to give up draft equity in that situation, though? I, I, I would think well, Toronto would have to give up draft equity. If I, you're thinking about 27 points a game? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. The only problem would be the fact that they'd immediately have to turn around and pay Levine. And Siakam's already under contract, so... But that again, that wouldn't be much draft equity changing hands. But if way. you're going like this, right? You're going well. We were going to have to pay Siakam anyway. Yeah, yeah. And now we got another year to not have to pay a guy for a second, mm-hmm. and then just ultimately end up paying this guy. Levine and Toronto would be crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. That would be strong for sure. They would. That makes the Scotty Barnes pick make so much more sense. I, I guess that's the move. That's if you pull off Levine for Siakam straight up, then I think I I think that's probably worth it. But I can't really see any other one that makes this team make sense to me. All right, now I want to talk about a couple moves that are near and dear to some of our. Our people's heart. Uh, shout out to Tony Schwartz. That's our guy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Big shout out to Tony. So Miami goes all in like the godfather you knew he would. It's mm-hmm. Kyle Lowry. Yes. All right. Now, you look at that, and then you get Butler signed to this super crazy extension, and I was like, ooh. That's that's a lot of money. Yeah. Were you excited? Because that was the other place that you saw DeRozan going to until somebody offered all this stupid cash to him. Yeah, I was pretty sure DeRozan was going to head there, and I I liked him there because defensively and shooting-wise, that team makes sense. You couldn't really play him together with Butler, but you could bring him off the bench, and I think – he would have made that yeah. on a team like that. Um, Were you happy with, like, are you happy with that team, the way it's constituted right now? Are you I, like, looking at Miami I, going? Overall, I like the team. I think Duncan was a little overpaid. If Considering the last year is a team option, and it's more like four for 75 than five for 90, I like it a little more. But that that contract was a little crazy for me. But besides that, I think everything else they did, bringing in P.J. Tucker, bringing in Kyle Lowry, like just made the team better at what they were good at already. And like if they can figure out enough shot creation, they're forced to be reckoned with. I think they're clearly the third best team in the East now. And they've got they've got some matchup advantages against the top two squads. I've heard some people 
who would like them over Brooklyn in a series, and I'm not I'm not ready I'm not to there. go. Nope, yeah. not there yet. No, nope. uh, sorry. Yeah, me neither. But I, I I at least see now how they match up is they probably match up better with Brooklyn than most teams in the league, just from a defensive standpoint. So we're we're gonna have to see what they're like, but. Overall, I think this was a strong move that made a fun team fun to watch again. Okay. Is there a hero for a wing trade out there? Yeah, yeah that would like be... Like a 3 and D guy. That would be the move. That being said, you could see Hero having a little bit more value to this team because it kind of eschewed shot creation to a certain extent. I know Kyle Lowry is still good at that, but... He's not quite at the level he used to be. So now having someone like Hero run the bench units, I think, has more value than it did when you had Goran Dragic in town. But um, I could, you could see a Hero trade if there's a team out there still high enough on him to part with a real asset. I like Messiah Jerry's comments. We're not trading Goran. We're not trading no. him. Yeah. To, 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 to get his value further up. Mm-hmm. You know they are trading that cat. Yeah, eventually. Now I think they'll walk into the season with them, though. Maybe. Okay, Nico. We'll see. Explain we'll see. the Knicks. Explain the Knicks. Uh, they they just decided last year their team was good enough to win a playoff series, which clearly it wasn't. But then they'll also add Evan Fournier to $20 million a year, and that somehow is going to supposed to bring them over the top. Um, they knocked it out of the park with limited draft picks with Miles McBride and Jericho Sims. That was awesome. But in free agency, like, I don't get doubling down on this core. Realist, they're like, for sure, the Knicks haven't competed in a while, so paying these guys who got you to the, this point, like, showing that loyalty is at least a step in a better direction for the Knicks, but I'm not sure it's a step towards winning a championship. Kimbo Walker and mm. Evan Fournier yes. are Knicks. I, I like the Kevin Kemba contract, though. If he's healthy. Well, $9 million a year with the team option on the second year, it, it's you're not really paying that much for him. Dude, I, mean, I understand that, him. but I'm like, is he, is he healthy? Is he yeah, fair. Because that's my. Well, yeah, I understand he's from New York. I got all that. I got he's coming home. I got mm. all the magical moments in the garden. Got all of that. Yeah. If Kimba is healthy, this is fantastic. But I've not seen Kimba healthy. I think. You have him in a situation now, though, where you can play him close to, like, 20 minutes a game, 24 minutes a game. Because you have Derrick Rose. You have Kyler's boy, Emmanuel Quickly, who can play spot minutes at the one, even though he, he I think he's more of a two at this point. Um, you, you have these dudes where you can kind of load manage Kemba throughout the year that I think maybe he's not guaranteed to stay healthy, but I think it's his best opportunity to stay healthy in the last few years. All right, quick question then. Yes. As somebody who who looks at tape and, and what have you, I think I would have liked to seen just more quickly mm-hmm. and no Kimba move. Yeah. And kind of roll the 
you know, the D Rose and whatever. And and mm-hmm. I know listen, I know Deuce McGride doesn't wouldn't get a lot of run normally, but that yeah. dude plays defense. So I'm kind of going like I'd rather go with the kids. And I know yeah. that seems very unpopular with people because we want to win and all that. But Julius Randle is your first option. Uh-huh. You're not going anywhere with Julius <laughs> Randle as your first option. I'm yeah. sorry, New York. I love you. I When I was in Boston, I went there a lot. Had good times. Mm-hmm. But Julius Randle as a first option, y'all know. Y'all know. Don't trip. Mm-hmm. That is not cool. Mm-hmm. You better hope for a lot of development from R.J. Barrett. <laughs> yeah. But you better hope. Because I'm sitting here going, Kimba, D. Rose, injury prone, gonna miss some games. Manuel mm-hmm. quickly, now we got this. He's playing. He's not playing. We got this other guard that we got from West Virginia who can fall and guard. He's probably not getting burned. And I'm going I, like, what are we doing? I think you move uh, RJ more up to the three. I think he's a three now that you've brought in Fournier. And you also have these guys in Quickly and McBride to play more spot minutes at the two. I... There's not a whole lot of minutes for RJ at the two anymore. And realistically, I think he's better suited to the three position. Um, but I think you can still find a good amount of minutes for quickly, even with these two guards, especially with the injury issues you're referring to. Like, these guys are going to miss time. Should quickly average 25 minutes a game? Um... I, I don't think he will, but it's arguable that he should at this point. Last year, well, after seeing him yesterday in the summer league, maybe not. But last year, he did look like a good player. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I guess, listen, again, I don't run a franchise. So I don't, I don't, I don't get it. But I'm starting to figure out that I think I could. That's what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> And that leads me to 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 the other team, Washington. Explain to Wizards fans what they got in the Laker deal. Because I'm going to tell you right now, say what you want about flaws in Westbrook's game. Um, Kuzma, Montrezl Harrell, and KCP. I mean, championship experience for two of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they made that move to acquire Kuzma, I think, is the highest value asset. And that pick that they moved up to get Kispert. And, like, what? I, I, I don't know. They acquire all the same dudes. Like I said, they, they don't really seem to have a vision going forward for all these guys. And I, okay. Bringing in Spencer Dinwiddie. I, I like it. I get it. But like that ain't it. Overall, you, you have no defense. Your centers are not g- good enough to like carry the whole squad. And I think you've got more ball stoppers than passing players. So 
it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna need some work this year. Uh, I'm sorry, Wizards fans. Another loser in this whole free agency trade area. We didn't hear a peep out of Colin Sexton. Yeah. Not one peep. Yeah. Mm. He's another guy who might be headed for Shanghai. Colin Sexton, with all of the musical chairs that went around, my man, oh, he was rumored to go to New York. He was rumored to go to Washington. He was he was even rumored as like the second dairy situation in Miami. Mm-hmm. And my man is still in Cleveland, and I don't see, I don't see a, a pathway out of Cleveland right now. I just don't see it, and I'm really confused because are we going itty bitty guards again, and then just huge at the four and five, and I guess that's what we're doing. Yeah. I, I don't know. You got to get off Sexton. I think before the season starts, he doesn't. It doesn't make sense on this team. And like I talked about before the draft, I think Mobley makes more sense starting his career at the four. So having Allen resigned alongside him, yeah, I think was actually a good move. You can look to trade that guy in the future. It's a it's not a huge ornery contract, and I'm pretty sure it's got a team option on the end as well. It does. So we're good there. But I'm just my whole thing was the Colin Sexton deal. Yeah, they were so hot to get him out of town. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, like I said, we never know what the Spurs are doing. But was there maybe a swap of like Derek White for Colin Sexton? Uh, man, I think that Pop would kill himself. I know. You I understand. After Pop retires. I mean, that is like the quintessential ball stopper at this point. Could Portland do full rebuild and get Collins? Now they would be the third team because Dame yeah. is not going to Cleveland. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, but, but maybe they have moved Roko or CJ. Can they get into that deal mm-hmm. and move Collins Sexton Law to Portland when yeah. when Dame is? Gone or and listen, Portland fans. I know your boy doesn't want to leave yet. I got you. I'm not listen. I understand. He's not leaving. He already said he's not leaving. We'll see come trade deadline what he feels about this team. But right now, there is nothing for him. I'm just saying that when everything was moving along, I did not even hear that as something that was thrown out there. And I was really perplexed why Cleveland and Kobe Altman were kind of really quiet. Except for the Jared Allen thing. That was really mm-hmm. it. Yep. There. So we got Mobley and we got Allen. Yay. Yay. <laughs> That's a squad. Right. All right. Um, is there anybody else that we're kind of looking at and going? Luka Doncic, are we are we happy that they got they resigned THJ and pretty much that was it? I think unless you're planning to move THJ down the line as like salary, I can't I can't really see why this team is better. 
in any way. Like Porzingis would have to take a massive step back towards where he was beforehand for this team to improve at all. So if I'm Luca, I'm I'm not the happiest. I don't think Luca is going to give Porzingis a chance to become that player again. By the way, just as FYI, I just don't. I don't think he'll. I don't think he wants any part of that. Well, I I think for Porzingis, like what he was doing offensively, the role he was playing, I I don't think it was that much worse. It's defensively where he needs to recapture his form before because he was like a very high level defender earlier in his career. And last year he was a sieve, like a complete negative non-entity at that end of the floor. Now I'll throw something out there and I know it will be a long shot. I know that people will probably hate me in this area and I don't care. Could you, cause you're, you're going on upside, right? You're going on yeah. upside when you think about Porzingis, right? Yes. There was a team that was in the playoffs, and they they went far. But they were glaringly needing another big. Glaringly needing another big. Because they drafted one with the 10th overall pick the year before. Oh, the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, so... Listen, I understand the money has to work, whatever case may be. I understand that you got some you got some uh, really good contracts on your hands. You don't want to give up on, like, Mikael Bridges or anybody like that. But is there something where they can take a chance on somebody? Because Chris Paul was kind of like a, a risk, right? You know, you didn't know how that was going to turn out. Could you double down? Is the sa- is the salary? Is there a way a third team can get involved and cause this to work with the salary? Uh, I I'm not sure off the top. I think they kind of added Javale to be that number two big this year, but I I'm not fully convinced that's the right move. I mean, I like Javale over Jalen Smith. I do <laughs> do know that, but I was thinking like, don't like. Yeah. Utopian. Christoph Porzingis is healthy. The knee is good. There's not lingering issues anymore, right? It's kind of like the same thing in New York. Kimber Walker, fully healthy. Everything's great. He's going to hit yeah. clutch shots. The garden is going to be electric, and they're going to be a five. They're going to be a four or five seed. That's what mm-hmm. the Knicks are thinking. That's what they're planning. Yeah. Could Phoenix go, okay, we don't have, we usually don't get superstars here. Yeah. This guy, if right, could be a real big piece if he's right. Now, it's a huge if, right? I I think the, the biggest problem in my mind is that owner not wanting to pay a big amount of salary to add another large contract to the roster. Mm-hmm. And by the way, did you see him slide under the salary cap yet again? Oh, oh yeah, I knew I knew he would with that Chris Paul deal. We we're really scared now about the Bridges Aiton situation next year. If he looks to move on from like basically everything that's not tied down to stay under the salary cap, it could spell doom for one of those guys. Phoenix, I warned you about your guy. 
I warned you. They, they knew. They knew. There's no Suns fan who's also a Robert Sarver fan that I've ever met. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. 17 years that dude has owned the franchise. In 17 years, he is 17-0 and 0 while touching that tax, that luxury yeah. tax. 17-0, and 0, man. That's crazy to me. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of teams like that, though, if we were to break it down. There are a lot of cheap owners. Oh, no, there are some. And I, and I get it, and I understand some, some of it's market, right? And some of it we haven't, you know, we're waiting for the next TV contract or we're, you know, we're building a facility right now or whatever. I understand that sometimes you got to allocate, right? Yeah, everyone has excuses, though. Yeah. But when you are like 17 and 0 against the luxury tax. And you've had teams in in position to win the chip a few times over your history. Like, that's that's not good. Got to go all in. At one one time or another, you got to go all in. Even if you say, listen, we're going all in this year and we're going to tear it down next year. Like, I mean, at least just be honest. Listen. We're going to get you a title, and you're going to have to live off that for, like, the next four years as we rebuild, right? Even if you yeah. said that, you're in a good situation. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. Let's see. Is there any other moves that we are not thinking of that were just kind of weird or just interesting to us? Um trying to think. Anything come to mind from you on uh, not not particularly I think uh the Kings bringing Rashawn Holmes back like we killed them for the Davion thing earlier but I think that was a good move especially considering the salary is pretty reasonable for starting big in the league but uh not, not a crazy move to write home about otherwise I'm I think we hit on pretty much everything I like the Grace now and move to Milwaukee, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a good fit. Yeah. I think he's a good rotation player for that squad. DiVincenzo out most of the year. Grayson mm-hmm. Allen, another shooter. Boom. Yeah. I don't know about the P.J. Tucker thing and why that didn't happen, but whatever. Oh, oh that, that same thing we were talking about with Robert Sarver. They're dangerously close to that tax line. That is why P.J. Tucker did not resign. And maybe they feel like they can get that sort of type of guy during the buyout. Maybe uh, they feel yeah. that there's a... If that's the excuse they're telling themselves, it's fine. But I, I don't think P.J. Tucker's growing trees. No, I don't think so. And they're living off the glow of a championship. So, you know, yeah. it's like I understand. If you got to take a little step back right now, right, you got a championship. Well, yeah. Do, do you think? I... We have to look at whether or not they've play, paid the luxury tax in the last 17 years, too, because I, I'd venture to guess they haven't. I don't think so, because they just changed ownership within the last three to four years. So, But the guy yeah. who owns them now, I don't think he has a problem with that. He put a lot of money into the facilities. He put a lot yeah. of money into the area surrounding uh, Fiserv, uh Forum and whatever it is may be. So you're good there. 
I just think that maybe he sat there. And here's the thing. Okay, it's the same thing with the Lakers, too. All right? And I'm a Laker fan. You know how I feel about him. But listen, Trevor Reese is like 37, 38 years old, bro. Like, any contract to that man is a W for him. Yeah, for sure. Him being in the league right now is a W. Mm-hmm. Uh, our guy, PJ Tucker, is like 36, bro. Like, I mean, he's old, too. Yeah. Like, he's not, you know. So. But the last basketball we've seen him play, he was locking dudes down, though, and played the best defense we've seen on KD in quite some time. I got you. And I just, I wonder, hey, sometimes you got to gamble. And we we see it in football, right? Belichick will go off a dude early. Now, he's usually right. He's usually right. But he'll go uh, off a dude early and save some cash and, and, you know, and use that money elsewhere to kind of fortify, like, you know, players yeah, 42 for sure. to 50 on the roster. So yeah, I get sure. it. I'm not giving Mike Budenholzer and the front office in Milwaukee that same kind of benefit with the doubt. No, we are not. No, 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 no. They no. But I think they're. I think they might be looking at a situation where they're going. We we secure Bobby Portis. You know. Um, yeah, I'm not convinced that that was a very good move either. Though I'd much rather have PJ Tucker on my team than Bobby Portis. I I get it. I understand. I I just my only thing with it is is that at some point thirty six year old six foot four power forwards yeah. gotta go away. Yeah, I I get that. I get that, but I I just have a feeling that it was the wrong move. We'll see over this next year. Yeah, we will. If, if, if it is, but I I'm I've often have disliked moves Milwaukee has made. Obviously, it, it got them to the championship. They do a great job drafting, and they got so lucky on that Chris Middleton move to get that guy in the building. But the moves around the edges, I think, have left something to be desired up to this point. I was and, critical of the Malkin Brogdon move. I was critical yeah, of that. And, I thought that was a terrible move. situation that immediately followed. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. I, I killed that movie. Literally, like, the, Drew Holiday won them the chip, so, like, that move is now worth it. But you have given up a lot of draft equity pretty far out for, for if they wouldn't have won the championship over a couple of years and Giannis would have said, get me out of here, that would have been a bad situation. Mm-hmm. So, like, they got lucky and it's worked out for them. Up to this point, but I'm I'm not convinced that's the greatest ownership GM combo in the league. Mm. Speaking of ownership, Nico, I'm a, it's segue time. You know I love good segues. Absolutely. So we won't speak about the owner of your favorite team, but we'll speak about the first pick that they took in the draft, Jalen Green. His summer league debut was yesterday, and it was yes. filthy. Yeah, it absolutely was, man. That the step back he has that's already like at a high NBA level. You've seen the the floor reading, you've seen how fast he was, the scoring instincts, man. That guy is going to step into the league and be a 
maybe not a great scorer, but he's going to be a good scorer day one. And he will become a great scorer eventually. I, I bank my life on it basically at this point. That's a damn, that's a damn good young player. And I couldn't be happier to be starting our franchise rebuild around this man. Jalen Green just looked great, and it's all the stuff that I talked about leading up. I had some inside information about who he was in that bubble, and it's all come to fruition. He listened to vets. He studied film with vets. He would literally take them on the court and say, okay, I made the mistake in the game. Now show me what I was supposed to do and why I was supposed to do it. That's somebody trying to get better every yeah, that's single a, day. A team around. And like as good as Evan Mobley looked on film, that is not who Evan Mobley is at all. So like that's a guy who was hiding from getting drafted from certain franchises. And I know I'm like a little more uh, sensitive to this because it, it was my team. He didn't want to come play for but like, if you're scared of the grind, then go hide. Like, that's okay. I don't need you on my squad. I need this guy, Jalen Green, who's going to lead these goddamn men to a trip one day. And I, I think he'll do it. Or a future Laker, because Rakita won't pay him. So we'll, we'll be yeah, looking that for that. That is a possibility, too. Yeah. I, well, with any luck, like, all these other bad owners are going to do such an awful job that the NBA is going to make new rules to get guys out of the front office. And then I know they're coming out after Pertita almost immediately because none of the other owners fuck with that guy anymore. (laughs) Yeah. So other impressions in in summer league. Okay. Here's, here's the one thing that I want to bring up because somebody was trying to kind of like talk about this uh, yesterday. Um, who was it involving? It was a, involving a rookie and like a second year dude. I'm trying to think who it was. Oh my god, I can't think of it. Anyways, here's my thing. I when think you have a second and Scotty Barnes. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. Thank you. That's what it was. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Do you remember Anthony Randolph? Yes, sir, I do. <laughs> do you remember his summer league debut? Yes, I do. I remember Anthony Randolph. I remember Josh Selby. I remember all these dudes. Okay. When's the last time you heard of Anthony Randolph? Uh, uh, actually, I feel like he, saw, he signed an NBA contract a couple years ago, but uh, I can't tell you when the last time I heard of Anthony Randolph is, though, and that's, I think, explanation enough for your point. Pump the brakes on dudes having awesome games and pump the brakes on dudes having shitty games. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. First of all, we can listen. We can debate on whether Scotty Barnes is going to be good because there is a debate to be made. There's a debate that he doesn't develop. There's a debate whether the shot ever comes around. And I actually had somebody in the league tell me he's either going to be really, really good or he's going to eat himself out of the league. These are quotes that I got. I understand, right? 
Mm-hmm. I am not going to kill this guy for one summer league game playing against somebody 24 years old. Yeah. And got like 30 pounds on him. Okay. Mm-hmm. In his second year, knows how to be a pro now, whatever. He should be eating up like 19 year old kids. You would hope. He's right. Uh, he's also 25. Oh, he's 20. Even better. 25. Yeah, he's not. He's a second year player, but he was an old man second year player. That's a grown ass man that we're talking about exactly. right now. Exactly. Scotty Barnes also played well defensively in stretches in the summer league game. He's also not the type of player that's built for the summer league because he's more of a team defender switch guy. And if you're playing switching defense in the summer league, someone's Good getting luck. fucking lost Good every luck. time. Good luck. So, yeah. Good luck. All yeah, right. <laughs> I, I just needed to get that out there because here's the thing. We we did so much, like, investigative work, film work. You know, I was, like, deep in trying to get execs to talk to me about stuff. <laughs> and, yeah. and And listen – we don't always have to be right, Nico. I'm not a big, like, and I'm the per- first person to say, hey, I'm absolutely wrong on this. I don't have a problem with that. I want to be real to the to the audience. I want to make sure they understand that yeah. we do not have any sort of narrative or agenda that says, look at yeah. QPPN. We're always right. No. I am wrong literally constantly, so. Me too. So. Uh-huh. This is not to prove a point to make you feel like, yes, we know exactly what we're talking about. But we will tell you that we just want people to pump the brakes on second year due, 30 pounds heavier, and six years older than Mm. 19-year-old, like barely 19-year-old Scotty Barnes. That's all. Yeah. That's all on that. Now, was there yeah, another man. guy that you just just like? Come on, this is this is this is pretty this is pretty special. Uh, Jericho Sims, like you want to talk about that game? Jericho Sims looked like the top five pick in the first half of that game. He finished damn near everything around the rim, and he was moving well defensively and defending at the rim. That's a guy a guy I liked more than consensus. Not enough to get him into my. Uh, top 30 there, but he was right on the brink in the top 35. And I think he he's showing why you you draft bigs like that. Like, the Knicks have, say what you want about them as a franchise, but they've done consistently well on second-round picks. And at the big man spot, like, Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims are kind of similar scouting jobs. Like, Mitchell Robinson for sure is bigger and has better defensive instincts, but Jericho is faster and might have a little bit of a shot to develop. So, I I really like that dude. That was a great job by the Knicks at, like, 58 or something. Oh, yeah. Good. Good selection. Um, The other thing is, is that we talk about all the time that – there are bigs in this league that you can get and you don't have to spend like $25 million on. This is that type of guy. Yeah, you exactly. Um, Kai Jones tried to dunk on everyone yesterday. Yes, everyone. sir. Everyone. And That's I have enough. to say, personally, I, I found a lot of pleasure in him trying to posterize every single person. 
<laughs> it was fun. It was a fun watch for sure. I I was more tuned in on the Rockets game at that time, but I've seen the highlights since then, and uh, I looks like a man for sure. Oh, he was not afraid. <laughs> he was not afraid. He said, "I'm going to attack the rim like it stole money from me." <laughs> Every yeah, single time. You have him on the floor with a big who's not doing exactly that same thing every time and Greg Brown, like spacing makes him look a whole lot better. So that's a that's a guy who we could see flying up the like looking like he was way underdrafted. I I kinda thought that was a possibility when I did the scouting report, but uh it's already looking good for him. Now the guy that I kind of want to talk about next is kind of a guy that we, you and I talked about a lot because mm-hmm. I want to, I want to get some love to some of these guys that were like in the second round. Yes. Um, Kessler Edwards. Did he end up in the right spot? Uh, I, I think he en- ended up in a pretty good spot. Like, a guy like him who's a 3 and D wing with passing upside, you can kind of slot him anywhere. So it's it's hard to find like a bad fit for Kess. But having him here, adding on to what the Nets already have, it's, it's the Nets, right? Or yeah, did it's I, the Nets. It's uh, the Nets. Yeah. Yeah. At, at 44, like... That that's the kind of pick I think a team like that should be making. He can help that defense work, and he can pick up a few of the defensive or a few of the like offensive side assignments that don't make the most sense. You can slot him in to kind of like a Joe Harris role immediately. I think he can do similar things. It's not going to be to the same level as Joe offensively. Obviously, no, it's very rare to find that kind of shooter. But the passing upside he has and defensive upside. He's already shown, I think, can be a value add to that unit for sure. And the two guys that I'm going to talk about now, one is what what do you see out of your boy, JT Thor? Like he didn't he didn't get really any run yesterday. So what are we looking at from JT Thor? What do you think Uh, he's going to do? I'm not in the league right now because I just think he's too young, too raw, whatever. For sure. He's you, a, what would you want to see? What would be his perfect, like, summer league? What would you like to see? Not stats-wise, just some of the yeah. stuff that you'd like to see. I, I'd like to see him defend in the post a little more. He He had some potential there, but it was more like weak side help defense. He didn't really take guys in the post and push them around. There was there. I don't know is that he's not strong enough to do it. It appears like that's why it is, but he just didn't have the opportunity too often. Guys weren't trying to go in the post against him. Um, I'd, I'd also like to see offensively, like just, just him running around and uh, providing a similar impact that to what he did at Auburn. He's good with that extra pass. He's a good shooter. And I think like he's kind of the perfect big that you want in the league right now, sitting beside like a ball dominant center, a Jokic type, or like really just any center that can't shoot. So I uh, I just think he's uh, 
a prototype that's incredibly valuable. He's a young kid with great like instincts for the game and the functional athleticism, I think, is one of the highest end in the draft. Most people don't use their size and athletic abilities to <laughs> to the top of their like outcomes the way Thor does. All right. Now, I'm going to home a little bit, not for the Lakers, but for one of my other guys. Go for it. Jared Butler, listen, from Baylor, who I still believe is the best guard that came out of Baylor last year. Okay. I, I totally agree. I get uh, pegged as this JT Thor guy but because I had him at 13, but I had Jared Butler at 12. I had him <laughs> Yeah, nobody says anything about that, but that's okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. I would have loved for him to go to Denver at, like, 26. I would have loved that. Yeah. But I will tell you, him being in the second round and knowing that Mike Conley is your professor to show you how to be a point guard in the NBA – not a bad gig if you can get it. Not a yeah. bad gig at all. He can even play beside Conley realistically. They can use him at times throughout the year. He'd be a great G League player. But he's already old enough that like he's filled his body out. He realistically could slide in and play a role in the league as of now. And his connecting ability on offense as well as like the upside he's shown as a playmaker and shooter, like that's the exact kind of player you want in the league today. Utah, you did a really good job in the second round, so shout out to you. Sure. Now, because I am this guy, we are going to talk about Joel Ayayi, Austin <laughs> Reeves, and the Hooper, Mac. McClung. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm, listen. Okay. Everybody's excited here in Los Angeles about Matt McClung. They're, they're like, oh, this is our new Alex Caruso. I swear, I swear to you. I swear the Matt McClung train has left the building. It is left, bro. It is deep. The Matt McClung <laughs> Fan club in Los Angeles is so real. Yeah. And if you're not stand if you're not standing for him, oh my goodness. Mm. This is bad. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. Okay. First of all, dude is what? Six feet, maybe? He's a little little guy for sure. I think he might be a little bit taller than that, but he's he's in that range. Dude got ups, though. I ain't going to lie. He yeah. got some crazy hops. Somebody sure. size. Yeah, it's the kind of guy you bring in off the bench. And, like, in the Caruso way, I'm not sure he's going to defend at that same level, but he's just going to bring that energy to your team. Yeah, he is not going to defend. Let me help you out. He is not going to defend at that level at all. Well, yeah, Zero. Yeah. Caruso's obviously, like, a high-level defender. Like, I, I wouldn't imagine he'd ever get to that level, like, I'm not sure he well, – what I more mean is I'm not sure he defends at an above-average level at any point, but he's going to be that spark plug in the same way that your guys 
like are going to kind of rally around him, especially when, if he like yams on his six ten center in the middle of the game. You guys are winning that game every time because LeBron's probably going to run on the court and hug that man. The one guy that I was really excited about was Joel Yai because I thought he was he was somewhere in thirty to thirty six range for me. Yeah, he yeah, goes undrafted. He's a 6'5 wing. He can play point or shooting guard. I think he can switch from one to three easily. He plays the passing lanes, and he shoots the ball pretty well. If you're going to get a guy undrafted who gets a Mm two-way, isn't that in in the Lakers situation, right, Nico? Is that the guy, right? As soon as the draft ended, that was the first guy who popped to mind for you guys. I I knew he wasn't drafted. I was surprised he wasn't drafted, but I felt like maybe he's one of those guys who asked to not be drafted the way Fred VanVleet did towards the end when he realized maybe I'm going in the 50s or something like that. He'd rather not be drafted and just pick his own spot. And I think he picked a really good home with the Lakers. With the new two-way rules, I think he's going to get a decent amount of burn this season. And I think he could maybe even earn that 15th roster spot at some point. The other guy was Austin Reeves. Now, here's my deal with Austin Reeves. <laughs> listen, we, we definitely need a shooters. And we, listen, I don't care if we have to fil- filter through 30 of these dudes this year, bro. We are going to find shooters, okay? Mm-hmm. That's just going to happen. Yes. Still keeping the Buddy Hill trade alive. Just as a FYI, just still keeping it alive. Yeah. All right. See, so Austin Reeves comes in. He he hits the game winner yesterday. All right. He can shoot it. He seems like a really willing defender. I watched some tape on on him at Oklahoma. Ooh, I wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't like terrible. Like he wasn't <laughs> great, but he wasn't yeah. terrible. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he can do much against bigger guards, but against the smaller dudes, I think he's got a chance. Yeah. I mean, and since the league is kind of gone closer to diminutive guards at the one and two slot, mm-hmm. you still got your Paul Georges of the world and, you know, a couple guys like that, right? But, you know, there's a lot more of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland floating around the league. Then there are like, like Devin Booker is is pretty special at six foot six, literally. Jalen Green, same thing. Yeah. Well, you know, he just got in the league. I just so. he's from this draft and that kind of player, yeah. relevant. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I don't have a lot of hopes for him per se. I have a lot of hopes for a Yayi personally. That's yeah. Other, I could see two. I can see Reeves being a good player and playing a role. I just think it'd probably be more off the bench, especially early. I don't think he's going to get any playoff minutes. I can't really see it happening. But as a guy you have in the regular season, you play next to Ross or Kendrick Nunn as like, as long as there's a primary initiator, I think he can find his spots and hit a few threes for you. He's not going to be some crazy 40% shooter, but I think he could probably shoot above league average 36 or something like that. All right, and we're going to finish it off like this, Nico, because I need some help because I've looked at this roster, right? I'm a Laker fan. I've looked at this roster. Mm -hmm. 
I don't see any way that Anthony Davis doesn't play the five. I don't see any way. Dwight Howard gets in a time machine and then okay. reappears. All right. So we're talking to us smoking a bunch of marijuana. Yeah. And that's how we come to this. Okay. All right. So I think AD is playing the five, though, to your to your greater point. I think like at the very least in the playoffs, I think he's realizing he needs to fill that role for sure. I think um, he has to play in a regular season. Like a lot. I'm, I'm not convinced he has to play it a lot in the regular season because you can play Dwight. You can play like pretty much anyone and you're still going to win games with Russ and LeBron. Like I, I hate on the Russ move a lot, but that's not for the regular season. Like no one's ready for Russell Westbrook in the regular season because this no guy problem. tries so much harder than everyone else in the world. And he like is can carry an offense create pass break all the time like LeBron is similarly incredible like you're gonna win maybe 58 to 65 games something in that range I think almost no matter what so playing Dwight some big percentage of minutes I think is feasible in the regular season you think that there is there is a situation where Anthony Davis doesn't play 20 minutes, like averages anywhere between 18 to 22 minutes in the regular season at the five. I I have a hard time seeing it, especially with his injury issues. I'm just not sure if it's the right call for him overall. You also have Mark Gasol in the building who can soak up some minutes. I'm pretty sure you have another five who's slipping my mind at this time. Um, but I, I think you can – Maybe if you're looking something like five to eight minutes at the five per game, I can see that a little more so, but not if you're looking at 15 to 20 minutes. I could see, though I could see realistically 35 minutes at the five in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, he's got to play a lot. He's got to play a lot. All right, so if that's the case, then is it, does Kendrick Nunn start? Is it Baysmore? next to Russ or okay, if we're not playing him at center in a regular season, let's say we start the game off with Marcus Marcus off. Yeah. So who gets that last spot? Who gets the last is it none? Is it Baysmore? Is not is it Monk? Yeah, I think though though and THT, I think those are the four guys fighting for that last spot and you're gonna kind of rotate them in throughout the season see who can run away with that role. I think Monk is the guy who uh, I think could maybe step up his play and he's not going to be buddy healed, but maybe he could fill a similar role and become that starter. But uh, overall, I think you're just rotating through those guys until you find what fits. All right. So now we get to two things I want to get to Ben Simmons Cannot be in Philadelphia. Clutch is all over it. There are signs that it's deteriorating and it's it's breaking down in a real way. Yeah. Give me the percentages of Ben Simmons wearing a 76er uniform, even in preseason. Uh, 10, 15% maybe. I don't know. After like the comments he's made publicly, Doc's made publicly, Joel has made publicly. I, I don't really see how you can salvage that kind of situation. 
re, like the talent level is obviously different, but this is kind of the closest thing we've seen to like Kobe and Shaq since that happened. Like these dudes don't fuck with each other and that much is now like publicly clear. So you got to get that man out of town. I don't know what the hell he's doing saying like he doesn't want to play in Toronto or whatever. Like this man needs to figure out his goddamn shit because that's a major media market that would embrace him. But elsewhere, like unless he's going to New York, that's like it's not happening for him. He wants to play in California. Oh, like, okay. Like, oh, you're not playing. Okay, you're not playing in Golden State. Nah, okay? it's it's buddy healed for Ben Simmons if that's happening. Because like, like otherwise, then none of those other squads are gonna gonna bring him aboard. I don't think the Clippers can't. Right, they don't have the pieces. Uh, well, they could do Canard. Um, and then maybe Reggie Jackson, something else at like mid season point, but like it's salary wise, they can match it up, but that's nowhere near enough value for the 76ers to actually pull the trigger on the move. The Lakers, there's no way he could play. I mean, unless the Lakers are going, we don't care about shooting at all. We just don't care. It's Westbrook for Simmons if you want it done. Like that's the only way. I, okay, I I don't understand where this kid's head is at, and Neither. he perplexes me more than anybody in the league right now, and that's really hard because there's some dudes in the league that perplex me, but yeah. he has moved way to the top, way to mm. the top at this point. Mm-hmm. All right, the last thing that I want to talk about is this. Okay, we know that Bill is not going anywhere. We know that Dame has said he's not going anywhere. But there is still smoke on the Dame to 76ers. I don't know where it's coming from. I can't lock that in right now where it's actually coming from. As a Rockets fan, I'm going to bet that's coming from the man Daryl Morey. Because that dude has people out everywhere in the media that he can just leak little bits of information to. And stuff like this always seems to come up. When Daryl Morey's in your front office. Or maybe it's Tad Brown. I guess I couldn't tell you because both of them were with the Rockets the whole same time. But I'm going to guess it's Daryl. Okay, so I understand why Philadelphia would do it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Me too. Why would Portland do it? Um, because they have a bad front office. I. I don't know what other reason there would be for Simmons for Dame, especially if you can call up New Orleans and maybe get B.I. and way better draft assets for him. Uh, I don't think there's any world that Lillard. um, Oh, I guess Lillard walks in the building and says, trade me, trade me only to Philadelphia. And they want to do right by their guy. That's the other way it could happen. But Mm -hmm. I could I could only see like one of those two situations. Okay. So if you have Simmons, you do full rebuild, right? I mean, if you're Portland, you yeah, win yeah, you're in. rebuilding the team around Simmons. Okay. So then then is there like a Roco CJ McCollum trade to New Orleans for BI? Uh no, I don't think so. I don't think I'm doing that if I'm New Orleans. That's not enough value. Okay. I, 
Is there Anthony Simons? Uh, I, I think, well, no, I still think you could get a lot of value for a Rocco and CJ package. I just don't, I'm not convinced it's a guy like BI. You get maybe, maybe you could go and get someone like Fox who might be on the outs or you'd have to add in assets to it, but maybe you could go do something like that with that package. Okay. All right. I just am. I'm I'm really bewildered by what is now because it was for the longest time. You know, I won't say the name anymore because I said I'm keeping him out of trade packages until he says he wants to go. But it's the dude in D.C. Okay, I'm not at that phase with Dame, even though we've been talking about years. It was not going to work with the two small guards. We just know it wasn't going to work. But now, can you even call Ben Simmons a disgruntled superstar? No. Is he a superstar? He's a disgruntled guy. A disgruntled dude. (laughs) Yeah. A disgruntled, overpaid asset. So, like, Christoph Sporzingas-esque. He's such a distressed asset at this point. You're, Mm -hmm. You're really locked on. And I hate to use that term because, you know, they are now enemies of the state. Hey, no, <laughs> no we got a lot of love for everybody who does this in the business. Do absolutely. not. I'm kidding. Kidding. <laughs> absolutely. Kidding. Uh, but, there, there are lots of guys I, I got good relationships with over there. Those are the homes. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out why Ben Simmons is this. Like, why can't his camp give him real truth to say, right now, your value, you're a guy. You're not even, Mm. you're not a star right now. Yeah. And am I the one that is, am I the one that's so old school that I, that, okay, well, you haven't proved it in three years or four years. You haven't gotten better. You haven't done all the greats do this. All the greats come back with something. Am I now the old guy on the lawn? Am I yelling, saying, get off my lawn now? No, no one, no one, everyone knows Ben Simmons' ass at this point. I think young and old, it's just like a, if you watch basketball, you've figured it out, especially in the playoffs. Like that's a good defender, a good regular season player. He is not the guy in the playoffs. Okay. So is it is there somebody is it somebody needs to be close to him that can give him this truth? Is it Yeah. I think that's part of it. I also think you need another star player that works with him instead of Embiid because they're kind of occupying the same part of the floor all the time. Um I didn't hate the the Toronto shit after or hearing about it before, if Scotty Barnes was involved, because I think he, him again in a Siakam role, I think that that could be promising. But having him like trying to play the point guard is not going to work. Having him standing in the low post doesn't work if Embiid's also on your team. So like, kind of a man with no home at this point. I have I have a place where he could go. Okay. And it works. 
Ooh. And it works. I see. You find a way to get Ben Simmons to Denver. Mm. Jokic is still there. Murray is still there. Maybe Gordon is still there. He might be the trade piece that we have to do for the salary. Yeah. But that's yeah. an MPJ deal. I think it's hard to do unless you're moving off Murray. But... I, I maybe I could see something like that going on. I I'm worried that him and Jokic though kind of occupy a pie similar spaces too. You think so? You don't think that him in the darker spot would be like really advantageous Jokic, to Jokic? If you're having Jokic do like more of the ball handling, playmaking stuff, like I I could see that working with Simmons in the darker spot. But I just like I like having the flexibility that. On some possessions, if I want to, I can put Jokic down there just as a scorer. And I think that, like, that opens up so much for Denver and makes them so much harder to, to defend overall. Um, I, I think, honestly, if Jamal Murray didn't get hurt, I was going to pick them to win the title this year. So, mm. yeah, I would have too, honestly. Honestly. Well, yeah, I'm not, I'm not fully convinced they need to make a move like that at this point. I, I think it might cause more problems than it solves. I just think that he's a better version of Gordon in the sense of defensive wise. Yeah, for sure. For sure he is. And even offensively, he could be a Gordon at least. We'll take a shot and not cower down, but uh, I, I could see like how you would see Simmons as like an improved version of that same asset. Yeah, you can find a way to do like a Barton MPJ or keep MPJ where he literally is now the fourth option. It's like Gordon Barton picks up the yeah. wazoo if they're like bowl bowl. Mm-hmm. Like you give him all the other stuff, right? All the other yeah. stuff. The kid from uh, Arizona, right? Now, I don't know if they, they don't need him, but they can trade him off to somewhere else, right? Yeah. That, to me, I, obviously, you got to make the money work. But I'm just saying, he's, as far as what Gordon is, and I mm-hmm. think he could clean up a lot of what MPJ doesn't do on defense. Yeah. If you're able to keep him. Mm-hmm. I think it's a better version. And now you got him literally, when everybody's healthy, he's the fourth option. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get that. It could be good. It could be nice. I, I see parts of the fit. I just I think it would damage the versatility that made Denver so special to me. Yeah, no, I get it. I was just trying to throw out a team that would – really the most – the team – there's no team in the league like this right now that has just crazy amount of shooters, and you just stick him in the middle and say, listen, you're just going to get rebounds and you're going to – you know, yeah. you're going to facilitate to all these shooters and all that. You would literally mm-hmm. have to build the team around him. Yeah. Like, if, if you decided if you're, you're OKC, like OKC? Money, uh, yeah, OKC, I'd rather build around Shea than Ben Simmons, though. Yeah, I mean, me too. But I'm just saying, like, that's the type of team you'd have to get him yeah, to. Yeah, a team that has nothing. Something you could entirely rip down like that or right. land, maybe. Right. All right, now we have, like done with irrational trade rumors we talked about the free agency we talked about the draft 
is there anything that QPPN fans should be looking forward to with you, Nico? Uh, we do have my guy, my future co-host Zach and I have discussed our The Sports Gamblers podcast. So we have we have the name. It was improved, approved by our guy Vince before the program. So we finally have the name. And we're going to be coming out with that sometime around the end of this month here. We have a few plans for uh, season-long prop bets. We get, we're going to get in at the last minute and then... We're going to be trying to put out weekly episodes, catching you guys up on football, football gambling at the beginning of the year, and then with plans to expand further to other sports afterwards. We also have another uh, podcast in production. I've been in discussions with my fiance about. I'll, I'll leave it a little. Yeah, we'll a little drop there. that. Yeah, that's spicy. We got some stuff on that one. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. give it to them. That's going to be nice. We've also talked about uh, some other programming going forward in the future where we can involve, like, all the green room guys as well as your QPN favorites. So there's a lot of stuff cooking up right now. Get ready yeah. for a big sports season. And if you want to listen to us, like, just babble on uh, unmercifully as far as that's concerned, um, mm. We are in the green room um, a lot. Oh. Um, I think we've been we're having have, we can have uh, an actual like rooms, right? Oh yeah, all the time. We've been having rooms about all sorts of stuff. We we're planning on hammering out a schedule for green room within the next month here. So there will be a place you can look to see when we're going to be on, who's going to be on, and come and join us, join the conversation. But. Up until then, just hop on Green Room at any point. Chances are you're going to run into one of us. Dude, we're about to dominate. We got we got a fantasy pod. We have a a topical pod with Big Kez, AT Aliens. We have this pod that does football and basketball. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have the sports betting pod. Dude, we're going to be busy, bro. There's going to be a lot going on with this network. You're not kidding. I'm looking forward to the next three months. At absolutely, not just because of basketball, but football season is upon us. And Nico will be joining me Friday for Football Friday. And Zach is coming along with because it is NFC East. Yes, sir. It is time. Woo. We can't wait. <laughs> This is the this is the weirdest division. Oh, it's gonna be a lot of fun going over the NFC East things. My guy Zach is a struggling Eagles fan, and now that it looks like he might be the worst team in the worst division in football, he's he's not having too good of a time. There are owners who are buttoning in. We got players coming back. We got players going out. We got teams with, that have no name, no no nickname. We got we got a lot of stuff going on in that in that division. So I am looking forward to that, and I am looking forward to bitter Philadelphia Eagle fan Zach to get off a bunch of rocket launcher missiles. Oh, I want some Scud missiles coming. 
Uh, yeah, he's got them loaded. Trust. It's going to be sweet. All right, we're going to get up out of here. You guys enjoy your week. We will see you on Friday for Football Friday. Nico is super busy with everything. I want to thank him for joining That's- me today. Anytime. It's a lot of fun to be here with you and uh, QPPN Nation. Nico, can we can we talk about what you and I talked about right before? Right before? Is uh, that done? No, it has not been announced yet. Okay. Oh, All right. Never mind. No, 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 no. Okay. We're, we're proud of our boy Nico, though. We'll just put it <laughs> that way. There's some stuff coming that y'all need to know about. Oh, yes, sir. But my man hit me with some news today, and I'm going to tell yeah. you. We, we've had some good news. QPPN is doing great things for all of us. So um. I, I am so proud of Nico. I'm so happy for him. So with that being said, we're going to get up out of here. Listen, be good to yourself. Make sure you're good. Make sure the people around you are good to keep you good in the sense of your, your uh, just keeping your self-esteem up, um, giving you nothing but positive energy, and then – Please give that back in return. Show appreciation to your loved ones that are holding it down for you. Then you take yourself outside and you give your light to your neighbors, you know, a friendly hello, a wave, a smile, a couple words here and there. And then if you can and you have the time, donate to worthwhile organizations that are helping people who are less fortunate than we are. Okay, there's a lot of them out here. And, and there, uh, another crumble, there might be some QPBN uh, branding going forward that could help everyone donate to charities in, in new ways. So, Oh, absolutely. Um, some guys. Yeah, absolutely. And as somebody who was one of those people, okay, it wasn't that long ago that I was, I was homeless and I was a raging alcoholics. So now I have a podcast network and I have people underneath me who trust me, which is excellent. Um, so give back. If you can give back and volunteer, great. Now, if you can't, because you're so blessed and you're so fruitful and you're so busy, make sure that you donate some money to some of these worthwhile causes, not just in America, but in Canada as well. Um, there are people who are indigenous uh, to Canada who are having a rough time. And uh, I'm going to speak on that right now. Um, if you think that whitewashing in the United States was bad in like the 50s and 60s and earlier, what they're doing in Canada is 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 worse because yeah. – it was going on in the nineties and still. So Yeah, there there is some stuff that's went on out here. I don't want it's it's so hard to compare uh, between the the struggles the d- different uh cultures have went through and I, I don't I don't wanna say it's crazier out here than anywhere, but like I I had my grandfather had siblings disappear and get and like we're pretty sure get murdered because they never got heard from again. Like there's, it it was not that long ago out here, and finally eyes are opening up to the struggles that have been happening for like tons of people. Because like Ben said, the last res- residential school just closed in 1996. Like this stuff is not too far removed from 
the way life is in Canada, but I'm very glad and happy with all the voices that have joined the, like the cause that have been going on for so long. Like even just, I scroll through TikTok and I see so many people like both of indigenous cultures, but then also so many just allies that we've gained now and people who are realizing the strife that has gone on in this country for a long time. Canada has long coasted on its reputation as the nice guys worldwide, but there are a lot of ways that definitely has not been true. But now, <laughs> now at least we've got, we've got a vision of the future that we can be proud of and a, and a group of people who are pushing to make that kind of change. And that I love the support that, we we have here at QPPN that makes me feel like there there's stuff we we're going to do that's going to change that as well. No doubt. The one thing that we don't want, and uh, I'll speak on this, is that we do not want a repeat of Tulsa in no. Canada. Okay. Um, we do not want thriving um, cities to just now be lakes or whatever mm-hmm. because they've literally poured water into these forgotten areas that were of super commerce for African Americans in this country that were trying to flourish and thrive and what have you. We do not want that in Canada for indigenous people. We don't want that for indigenous people here who are struggling with a bunch of like addiction, um, mental health issues and, and self-esteem issues that are going on here. It is not just one culture. It is many cultures, and we understand that it's not all, all not all white people are bad and all that. What we're trying to do is bring awareness, have you a little outside of maybe what you deal with on a day to day basis. Maybe you feel grateful that you you know you have, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. But just understand that, like right outside your door, there's some stuff going on that might be right underneath your nose and you don't really see it because unfortunately it's not popular with the people who are in charge. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And I'm, I'm really glad we ended on this topic because it it's, hasn't been discussed enough, but now that we've got these young voices speaking up, I think we're finally in an era of change. it's coming and these uh the way things have been for so long is not going to be accepted any longer so i i just have hope for the future and i i think it's i think we're in for a good world going forward we've got the the future is bright with these young kids super excited about that we're always going to champion nico's causes when it comes to that sort of thing um, you know, I've been pretty uh, transparent about my own addictions and some of the stuff that I've gone through. So I'll be more than happy to cape up for like the Long Beach Rescue Mission and places like that. You can find those type of uh, entities in your neck of the woods as well, because there is a lot of poverty out here. And let's try to rebuild some of these people and make them, you know, not make them, but, you know, just have them join us in society. You know, everybody's redeemable. Everybody has a purpose on this planet. And hopefully what we can do is come together as one and uh, try to see each other for human beings instead of the color of our skin. And that is 
the most important thing that we can end on today. All right. We're out of here. We're sorry that we bummed you out. All right. Listen, we got to get some stuff off our chest, but it was worthwhile. Nico, uh, man, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. I love I love being on here. Like I said, talking to the QPP Nation, QPPN Nation about everything that's going on in my life as well as with the with the network overall. Because like we keep saying, we're finna take over. Take over, we will. Ringer, you have been warned. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is it? What is Colin Cowherd's deal? I don't know the volume. I don't know what it's called. Whatever it's called. <laughs> I think he's Cowherd. Done. Neither without us. <laughs> listen, listen, I know you don't know me, and that's cool, bro. But you will. Trust me, you will. So we're going to get on that. All right, you guys have a good week. We'll talk to you Friday. And if there is a Siakam trade or Ben Simmons trade, somebody will jump on these airwaves and have an emergency pod. More, more likely it's going to be me. But who the hell knows? I, I don't know. I got a lot of people on staff now, so I have no clue who's going to show up. So we'll see how it all works out. <laughs> all right. You guys take care and peace. See you.